0: This is awesome. This is utterly awesome. I feel like I'm in an action-adventure TV show here, (laughs) or an action-adventure podcast. Yeah. So uh, I'm Ditch, uh, your host, guide, and sometimes provocateur, and welcome to the fifth episode of So There's That, the podcast. Uh, Let me introduce my sidekick and co-host, Dante. Hello, so uh, that was I, I like that I like yeah. that it, it's it's bringing a little bit more energy to uh to to our podcast uh did, do you want to give me a little bit of background on that music Yep yeah. that
1: is Vibers Pad by Dave Brenner Dave Brenner so new new yep.
0: artist for us
1: I broke away from Mike Noah so now I'm just going crazy
0: <laughs> so so this is music from melodyloops.com. Melody yeah. this is still the free music still right yep. are we close to running out of free music
1: We probably have a few more months.
0: Probably, really, really. So they've yeah. had that many more because I think when I looked at it, there was like only ten pieces of free music. Yeah, but I, I, think, I guess that's why you're the sound more, guy.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, so hey, how was, uh, how was your week?
1: Oh, it's been good. Uh, now I finally finished school. So
0: congratulations! <laughs> very exciting. This is very exciting for me. Uh, you know, having two kids and and having uh, the oldest uh, just wrapped up his sophomore year at Goucher, and you are wrapping up uh, you're wrapping up high school. This is very oh, yeah. exciting. Yeah.
1: So um, now I'm just figuring out what I'm going to do in the summer and plan on focusing mostly on art. Um, I have no schedule or anything, but no job, just going to fire away at art.
0: Well, I mean, and and just for reference sake, uh, Dante is going to be going to Maryland Institute College of Art, uh, which has sort of been your dream for the past couple of years. Yeah. So it was very (laughs) exciting for you to get in there. And so we sort of had a conversation about what to do over the summer. And, you know, from going from high school where you have a lot of different courses and a lot of different things to doing art full time, we thought it might be neat for you to just kind of start getting in the flow of doing art full time. Yeah. Because that's what is (laughs) going to happen in the next year. (laughs) Uh, I guess I should also mention that if you go to our Facebook page uh, and, again, do a search on Facebook, so there's that, Adventures in Transgendering, because we don't have a good URL yet. For it. uh, You you did the banner. I did. Yeah. Do do you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: So uh, we debated doing the transgender flag and through certain things, we wanted to do our own thing because we're kind of our own thing. Well, I think also,
0: I mean, I I hope, you know, you can talk a little bit about there are a bunch of flags out there for for the transgender community. And from a color perspective, they didn't seem to make a lot of sense in terms of pink on one side, blue on the other, and then creating a color in the middle. And all the flags that I saw didn't seem to, from an RGB perspective, seem to make uh, sense. So, do you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. I, uh, what I did is I I took the like traditional baby blue for like boys, and then like um. Nice pink for girls, and then the middle was the uh, average color between them. If you open it up in a drawing program, there's color values, and the average between them is like a nice purple. So that's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, it's purple. really nice purple, and it's the purple that we use for the background of our image.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's it's a it's a nice little tie-in. So by no means are we suggesting that this is the transgender flag or the transgender banner. It's just something. I know that spoke to me and we talked about it for a while yeah. and I liked something because I feel like I'm somewhere in the midst of the spectrum. Right, And so to have something. now was it RGB value or was it the other, what's oh, yeah. the other value?
1: Technic. Okay. So it's, there's CMYK, RGB, and another one that I don't remember the name of cause I never use. So, so, and what does RGB stands for what? Red, green, blue. Okay. And CMY? Cyan, that that? yellow, magenta, CMY, K, whatever K is. Um, I, I know it essentially means like how bright, but I don't know, remember what word they use for it or what color. Yeah, but it's an. It, but those are absence of colors, correct? Right. So they they are all just different ways of getting all of the same colors. Well, actually,
0: let's take a step back. So because I'm fascinated by this, and I'm <laughs> sure our podcast listeners won't be, but uh, red, green, RGB, red, green, blue represents colors of light right the spectrum no no okay well then there you go (laughs)
1: so i'm going to learn something new rgb i don't remember where it came from originally but it's what was used in like television screens for the longest time so that's how they did color on computers as well but uh cmyk directly does light because those are the It's the presence and absence of each of the colors of light we see. Because humans, except for people who are partially colorblind, have three different colors they see. Cyan, yellow, and magenta, I think. Um, I'm not an expert, but I, I think so. And the presence and absence each creates two different colors. So that's where we get the rainbow of... Six colors. It's not actually seven. Indigo is a fake color. Uh, oh, it's not a fake color, but it's not. It's not a color in the sense of presence or absence of one of them. It was put in there for the acronym to be a pronounceable word: Roy G. Biv, instead of Roy G. Biv. So
0: <laughs> I'm gonna take your word for that. Yeah. But this is the interesting stuff I get to find out because I tend to be, you know, I'm a writer and I'm more science based, and and I appreciate art, but I I don't get it. I really don't get it. And so this has been a joy for me to see you going through these art things and being able to ask questions and, and figure out w- what the light spectrums are and, and sort of what these colors mean. One of the things I, I also learned is that I guess magenta is is the color family that I like. So it has purples in, and, mm-hmm. and magenta, uh, and those are the colors that I think actually look pretty good on me. So I yeah. was thrilled that we were able to have that purple in the middle and the purple in the background of our, so there's that
1: image. Yeah, um, yeah that's a long way of saying how my week was. How is your week?
0: Uh, well, I was in New York again, and uh, I went to Sephora for the first oh. time. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Sephora, Sephora is kind of like an Apple store for makeup. So a girlfriend of mine, Melissa, who I used to work with at AOL, and I guess I should give a little bit of background. Uh, she was the head of like UI at at AOL. She works over at Scripps now and is the head of design and and UI and all that cool stuff. And anyway, she um, I I told her you know whatever it was a couple months ago that uh, that I'm transgender. And so I was up in New York and she was up in New York because that's where she works. And she said, hey, let's 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 grab a drink one night. So we decide to meet on the corner of 31st and 7th Avenue. Now, in New York City, when you agree to meet on the corner, there's four corners.
1: Right, right, yeah. We
0: haven't seen each other in 10 years. So she doesn't know what I look like. And I'm transgendered. So we both arrive there. She texts me and she goes, I'm here. And I'm like, so am I. And I could tell from her text that she suddenly didn't know how to find me. Because <laughs> usually you look for guys. Right. And she didn't know how good I looked. She didn't know if I looked completely different. So suddenly she has to look at every single person on all four corners. And I get a text back from her and she goes, oh, my God, I see you. And she runs over and she, her eyes were brimming with tears. She gives me this huge hug and she goes, oh, my God, you're still Didge. But your girl Didge. And it was such a thrill for me because, as you know, this is part of the journey that I've been on, is to try to be true to who I am and not become somebody else. So to sort of be a girl version of myself and dress that way uh, was was really cool. So we've gotten together a couple of times. And so I um, I, I think I texted her and I said, hey, I'm, I need to go to Sephora at some point because I'm starting to wear a little bit of makeup and I, I don't really know how this works and and so i had always wanted to go to sephora but this is like this is a girl store like you 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 know like a guy walks in there and they just kind of stare at you because they're like can i help you and so i've always been very hesitant to go in by myself so we went in together and she was terrific and she's like walking me all around and i just started to wear a little bit of mascara so she's like hey let's get you some mascara and then i said you know what you know i like wearing mascara now just a little bit you know Brings my, I think it opens my eyes a bit. And again, I'm not trying to wear too much makeup because when I do, right, yeah. I have a sort of a reverse effect. It's really odd. It's kind of like Uncanny Valley. Yeah. So Uncanny Valley is this like aesthetics concept uh, that is applied to ro- robotics just starting like the 1970s. That if something doesn't look human, if it looks like a teddy bear or something like that, we react to it. and We're like, oh, that's so cute. Oh, I like that and the closer and closer you get to looking human the people get more and more comfortable with it until they hit i don't know what it is like 90% or 80% and then suddenly people start to have a a a revulsion to what they see so like polar express the movie yeah. is a prime example of this or something is looks mostly human but it's not and it starts to feel like a corpse or a zombie yeah you just you have an immediate revulsion to this and then once you get you know whatever 95 percent then suddenly people start to feel more and more comfortable with it and i've run into this with makeup that if i wear too much makeup it somehow brings out the masculine features in my face and people call me sir as opposed to, oh, wow, look at this person who's trans and trying to look and, oh, wow, cute, whatever. So I have to be very careful with with makeup. So I decided I want to start to work with lipstick. And most of the lipsticks I've collected over the years are just are way too red and way too bright and, and just sort of had a counter effect. So I've been trying to figure out what colors to go with. And, and one friend of mine said, bite your lip. And it adds a little bit of red color to your lips. And that is sort of your natural lipstick color that you want to go with. So we go there and um, and the makeup people there are fantastic because I explained this to her and immediately, boom, grabs the first thing. And she actually she grabbed a pigment pencil. It's not a it's not a uh, it's not lipstick. Okay. So it's there's a little bit more pigment than usual. And it's kind of like a crayon or kind of like a pencil. So it's a yeah. lot easier for me to apply. I'm wearing a little bit right now. Uh, and I think it looks a lot more natural. Um, yeah. And it's, it, again, I'm just trying to kind of get the feel of this. What's it like to eat a hamburger yeah. uh, when you're wearing lipstick or have a drink or or what have you? Uh, so we just, we had an absolutely delightful time uh, going there. And, and that, those are the only two things I did. You know, I'm still going through electrolysis. So I'm not, I don't really want to go too much with concealer or things like that. I'm not trying to go with a heavy caked look or anything. Just... A little bit that's a little bit more natural.
1: Yeah. No, I, re- I remember when I was in uh, the musical Godspell for high school. It was my last thing, really, that I had to do. Um, we all had, like, our stage makeup on. And, and even the guys had to put on not lipstick, but it was like a lip coloring thing so you it stood out more. And usually with makeup on stage, like, up close, it looks a little bit wrong. Because it's meant for a onstage right. people in the audience looking mm-hmm. at you. Absolutely. And the lip for the guys, at least, was very subtle. Like, I could barely notice it even up close. It was, I, I'm i not really sure what it was, but it was, it, it felt like that the be just more natural color, but, like, brighter so that it stood out. So
0: Yeah, well, I'm wearing rhubarb. It's Bite uh, from Sephora, and it's a rhubarb color. So I think it's sort of the same sort of yeah. fact. But, yeah, it's it's weird because you also, you know, because <laughs> I don't wear lipstick, uh, I'm not used to it. Or wearing mascara, I'm not used to it. Uh, so even the way you rub your eyes, you have to rub your eyes a little bit differently. Right. And, yeah. Because you don't want to spread it all over the place. Uh, so that that has been, uh, this has been fun. This has been fun. To, again, and I, I try to learn something new every week. Yeah. Uh, and I try to see what I'm comfortable with. And I'm I, this is definitely something that I'm comfortable with, and I'm sure at some point I'll go back to Sephora and start trying more things. But again, I I don't think I ever really want to get into that heavy makeup look. Um, I just a lot of what I'm doing is day to day, right? It's not about going out to a club or going to a party or or or, or something. So anyway, let's um. Last week uh, we we uh, created a new section called Corrections, <laughs> which I was hoping was only we're only going to run one time, but. Apparently, that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about uh, apps, and I was talking about SDKs. And I guess it's when you start throwing acronyms around, you start throwing a lot of acronyms around, and suddenly you're forced to explain what that is, um, (laughs) sometimes you forget what something stands for, which is kind of galling to me personally because I know what an uh, SDK is. Uh, and I think I said software designer kit or something like that. It's actually a software development kit. Right. So I apologize. Uh, that's not. But and I guess speaking of acronyms, I, I mispronounced another one. I was talking about Stephen Moffat and that he was at some event in New York City, which was the British Academy of Film and Television Arts. And I pronounced it BAFTA. And apparently it's pronounced BAFTA. Right. So with all of our British fans, I apologize. I pol- They're probably horrified <laughs> that, that Yankee is talking about BAFTA all the time. But it's BAFTA. It's BAFTA. Uh, and I guess the last correction, well, I don't even know if it is a correction. We it were is. talking about Gravity Falls last time and how you and your brother, you or your brother, someone yeah. was the one who was trying to get me to start watching Gravity Falls, which is a dynamite cartoon. Really well done.
1: So my brother and I both wanted you to watch it but it was my brother who was much more vocal about it and forced it on to make a show you he sort of demanded it i think and after he went back to college would like text me every week like how many episodes have you watched are are you here yet (laughs) so it was it was him more than me Okay. Well, I think that's a minor correction. Yeah. I think that's so.
0: Anyway, so, and we're going to introduce a new section because Mailbag previously has been combining updates and Mailbag. So I thought we'd just kind of jump into updates. Uh, I can say from my end that I have not received any word from Eddie Zard, Vince Gilligan, Lauren Faust, Brian Fuller, Alex Hirsch, or Stephen Moffat. Uh, who are the people who we would love to have on as as guests. Right. You know, and as we say, our, you know the way to reach us is dig at typingmonkeys.com. So, so please feel free to reach out to us. I know you guys are busy, and I'm sure you guys have been listening to the podcast and all. But, uh, you know, when you can work it into your schedule, uh, yeah. please give us a shout. But we had another name uh, uh, on the list, Forest Rain, yeah. which I think you were going to reach out yeah. to.
1: So I, I was going to reach out to them, and, and so – Forrest Rain has been someone who I am a huge fan of and have been for a long time. I met Forrest at a, a Brony convention last year, and that was amazing. And it's the only person I've met in a long time that I still have a star-struck reaction to meeting. So I am spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to write an email to them saying, Hey... Could you come on to a podcast? So I absolutely plan on doing it, but it's it's much more like
0: hard for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I certainly felt that way throughout the years and then finally starting to meet uh, and work with some people who I'd looked up to. I, I sort of lost that star truck star yeah. nature. i'm also older i'm also older and so you know you no, get to a it's... point where where you know they get up in the morning just like us and 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 so it's it's you know and you're excited you're excited to to work with people and i think it's sort of like when you when you you know speak in front of a group uh one of the best pieces of advice i i was given about feeling comfortable with that is is that if you have something you want to share with people you're excited as opposed to dreading like you're looking forward to sharing a piece of information with other people, yeah. That sort of lowers that stress level and that anxiety level because you can't wait to say, "Hey, I have something that I want to share with you." Now, Forrest will be at BronyCon.
1: Yes, again this year. Yeah,
0: and BronyCon is when
1: uh, August seventh through ninth.
0: So, at worst, at worst, at worst, you can talk to Forrest.
1: then. then. Yeah,
0: so yeah, that's the okay.
1: absolute worst that.
0: I mean, it would be great for us to reach out earlier because if yeah. Forrest is moving down here soon, then then that would be dynamite. And and I guess for the people who are listening, uh, Forrest Rain uh, is a brony musician who is fantastic. Yes. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I think this time we haven't made any mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, maybe we did. And we didn't realize it, and we'll have to talk about it next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess we, you know, again, each week we've been adding a couple names to the list, and I, and I realize maybe we're doing this too fast, so we've decided we probably want to slow down. Yeah. And, and look, i got to be honest, it would gr- be great to have anybody <laughs> as a guest on the yeah, podcast. Someone really. who's not dead is sort of what I'm shooting for. Uh, but we decided we're going to add, you know, one more, we're going to get up to eight uh, this week. An actual even number. An actual even number. And I'm going to throw Dave Foley into the list. And Dave Foley is one of the kids in the hall. He was on news radio. And I, back in college days, just after college days, I mean, me and my college roommate, used to watch Kids in the Hall on the Comedy Channel. Now, I know there's Comedy Central now. But before there was Comedy Central, there was Comedy Channel and there mm-hmm. was Ha. Ha. And they eventually merged yeah. to become Comedy Central. Okay. But we used to watch Comedy Channel, and we used to watch Kids in the Hall. I had no idea who the hell these people were. Uh, but they were absolutely terrific. And News Radio probably is one of my – well, maybe my favorite uh, sitcom of yeah, all time. That's... Certainly had had the kids watch it. And then I guess about seven or eight years ago, um, I took you guys to see them in concert – at Warner Theater in
1: D.C. Yeah. No, that was that was awesome.
0: And we got like third row seats, which was fantastic. And it was awesome. And we had a great time. And then afterwards, they were going to come out and say hi to people and sign autographs. Now, you were whatever you were. You were. I was young. You were young. And your brother was young. And I think you were probably the youngest people there. Yeah. And so a bunch of the kids, I guess, have their own kids. Kind of odd. <laughs> and they made beelines for us to chat with us. So we ended up getting pictures with all of them. We got autographs from all of them. Bruce McCullough, who tends to, like, jet as soon as this stuff is over, he made a beeline to us and it was just so yeah. nice to us. Uh, we chatted with Dave Foley a little bit. David had a couple of beers. <laughs> uh, and then I guess you guys talked to Kevin... Yes. Right? Because he had done voices on a, so you actually knew more about him than (laughs) I did because he played what, Pleakley? He played
1: Pleakley on the Lone Stitch and Waffle on Cat Scratch.
0: And so they, I sort of, I don't know how you guys started chatting with him first or something like that. And I came over and I was trying to be like, oh, hey, this is Kevin. And you were like, we know who he is. You guys are just talking cartoons for like (laughs) 10 minutes. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. And then I remember when we met Scott, uh Scott Thompson, uh you were kinda done by that point.
1: That was the I think one of the last ones and that was the last one that, was the that, last that you said one.
0: hi to and I just you were sort of like over being starstruck. It was just too much. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, so Dave Foley. I mean look, I'd love to have any of the kids in the hall in, but you know, again, I don't want to make this list too huge, but I'm gonna start with uh I'm gonna start with Dave Foley. Yeah. So that's gonna be number eight. So Dave, uh uh D I G at typingmonkeys.com, let us know when you're around. Uh, they're actually on a tour again. They're oh wow. um, So I'm trying to figure out when they're coming to D.C. I know they're coming to New York in June, which doesn't quite work with our right, schedule. Right. But, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. So let's uh, jump into uh, our mailbag. Actually, actually, before that, I'm sorry. I've, I have one thing. We uh, t- talked last week about um, being on iTunes and being under the new and noteworthy under the sub subcategory uh, personal journals. And we've there for another week. Wow yeah so awesome. i'm I'm you know I'm checking every day to see kind of where we are on that, uh so yeah, it's uh you know I think the next step is uh whatever it is society and culture or something like that, yeah, uh, that's sort of the next step up, but it's it's great, it's been great to sort of be featured there, yeah, and uh so yeah, we're there for another week, and uh and you know I think it's a hundred days of being a podcast that you're allowed to be under new and noteworthy. So uh, so that's, that's actually, that's been very exciting for us. But so let's get, I guess, into Digi's mailbag. And I have, uh, I have two, uh, actually, I have three notes, two from the same person. So Lon, who is in London, who has been a fan of ours, really, from the first podcast. She's been terrific. And I didn't get to her letter last week, but her first letter is about podcast number three. Podcast number three is possibly the best yet. Uh, The format is really taking shape and flows well. Uh, Dante is getting better and better. Uh, More Dante Facebook campaign not needed. More like love Dante campaign. (laughs) Uh, And now a little bit of love for me. You are one hell of a storyteller.
1: There
0: you go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. As ever, well done and brilliant. And then she also dropped us a note for the fourth podcast saying, love the fourth podcast. Really, really awesome. X means kisses this side of the pot.
1: Okay, so not. And I always color.
0: thought XO meant hugs and kisses, but yeah. I guess it means kisses and hugs, unless the Brits, you know, because they drive on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. So maybe it's reverse there. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and I also got a a note from Christine, who's from Ohio, and I actually used to work with her at at AOL as well. And I hope all the listeners are not just former AOLers. That would be uh, that would be kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she said, I got a bad case of the giggles that you, you were clearly more nervous than your son in episode one. Which I guess I didn't realize people noticed how nervous yeah. I was because I have grown up with a stutter. So and I have to say that my throat does constrict before every single podcast recording i feel great i feel awesome and then i come down we turn the mic on and i can actually feel my vocal cords tightening so uh so christine thanks for noticing that i appreciate that uh your struggles with gender identity and self-acceptance contrasted against dante's seeming comfort with his gender fluidity are very interesting
1: yeah i I like to highlight seeming um i mean i i as being eighteen, I feel I I'm very comfortable with it, but it's not like a hundred percent. It's I I'm I tend to be good at hiding insecurity, so that's part of it. But no, this generation has been, at least from what I hear, much better than past generations. So I have to imagine it's much easier now.
0: Well, I mean, I think it is easier now, but it still takes a lot of courage. I mean, I remember the first well. I remember after you came out to me, you oh, we we get up in the morning, and so every morning that I'm home, that Dante is spending the night at my place, uh, we get up in the morning. We get up at six ten, and then he leaves at six thirty. And he came down one day, and and you were wearing a dress that, that I think your tardis dress, yeah, uh, that you decided to to wear to school that day, and you hadn't done that before, I don't think, and you didn't bring jeans in your backpack, you didn't bring anything. In case it went bad and you just went, you know, like, screw it. This is this is what I'm going to do. And that takes a lot of courage. Yeah. So it's not I understand that it might be easier now and perhaps in the areas that we live in, which is suburban D.C. right now and New York, that that people tend to be a lot more accepting. But taking that first step out the door is. Terrifying, at least yeah. was for me. And so you, you I, it, in in my opinion, you ex, you have shown tremendous courage in putting yourself out there uh, because yeah. <laughs> you know you don't know if if people will will be accepting. Uh, anyway, but she continues: transgender versus transgendered, and the message being lost amid the politically correct approval process, instilling a sort of fear of engagement and dialogue. I couldn't agree more. And that is I love hearing that. I love hearing that because, again, I, I fear that we get too caught up in in words and and in we're supposed to know somehow what how how to approach people who are transgender. And so this is something that that I hope we move towards, which is the willingness for someone to say, hey, you know, uh do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? And because yeah. I love talking about it, and I think the more we're open about it, the more accepting people will be. Uh, I've certainly found in New York the people who have seen me consistently uh, as I'm presenting are more and more comfortable with me, and they don't really seem to care. After a while, it's not a big deal, right? Uh, and and that's that's really what I'm all about, and not whether people are using the correct word or you know. And and look, I admit sometimes it's painful to be called sir. You know, when I'm trying not to present as male, right. but I also have to admit I have this voice, you know, which, uh, you know, certainly doesn't help. And that, you know, again, I'm not all the way there and yeah. and hopefully I will. So I guess I'd like to jump into the into the topic du jour, uh, which is around the, the number one question I get, because I mean, last time we've talked about coming out and the na- nature of coming out. Right. And and, you know, I don't know if I really want to be the dead horse on that one which is very unlike me, Mm -hmm. but you know, you have good coming outs and you have bad coming outs and you can usually tell within five to 10 seconds how it's going to go. So uh, let me, I guess kind of move and transition into uh, the number one question I get, which is what's it like to be on hormones? Uh, And I guess for starters, the number one thing I notice is that I'm right more often. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which, uh, which was a surprise to me. I, you know, wasn't really because I'm right most of the time anyway. But, you know, the percentage has absolutely increased. Uh, But I guess let me go back to why I started taking hormones, because I don't know if this is the journey that other people took. I've talked in previous podcasts about being ashamed of of who I was over the years. I was ashamed of of cross-dressing and. And was very much in denial and, and, and always thought it was a phase I was going through. It was like smoking and I was going to quit one day. And I guess I noticed about four years ago, that just wasn't going away. It just wasn't going away. And and I just, I, I, it's not something I wanted to do. It wasn't something that I willingly wanted to subject myself in a public way. You know, I didn't want to go from sort of being a white male where, you know, you're not dealing with a lot of prejudice. Uh, to going to perhaps you know the most looked at and and mistreated uh, a group around. So I I struggled with how do I stop this because every time I would stop it would come back and I'd do it again and I'd do mm-hmm. it again. So somehow I got in my head. It must have been from going online and reading about this that uh you know. Some people used to classify this as a fetish. Cross-dressing was a fetish. So it was sexually driven. Right. And so I figured, well, maybe if I lowered my sex drive, that maybe I wouldn't want to cross-dress anymore. Right. And then if it worked for me, that was a absolutely perfect trade-off for me. You know, that like, okay, I could live a quote-unquote normal life. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, you know, wouldn't, you know, sex just wouldn't be a part of my life anymore. But then I wouldn't be a freak. You know? Yeah and so i uh I started to research anti androgens, which is uh medication that reduces your testosterone and uh and again, you know no medical advice. I didn't go to a doctor i just i did research online and uh and we all know that you know if you research on the internet it must be true you know especially, especially if it's right yeah. if it's a graphic that has like a Person, you know, doctor's face on it, maybe a quote. Yeah, you know that has to be true because we all know that from Facebook. That has to be true. Yep. So I, um, I figured out hypothetically that I could get medication through a Canadian
1: pharmacy. Hypothetically.
0: Hypothetically. So for any law enforcement officials who may be listening, this is all theoretical. This is hyperbolic storytelling at its best, uh, and not an actual admission of guilt. So, I started to get medication, and I started taking it, and what was weird was that instead of cross-dressing less, I started cross-dressing more. The desire to cross-dress increased. Wow. And it didn't make any sense to me. And again, it wasn't like, you know, club wear, you know, like, oh, let's wear, you know, a tight dress and heels and makeup, and it was just like, well, what am I wearing on Sunday when no one's around in the house? And so it, I ended up discovering the joy of yoga pants, which are <laughs> the most comfortable things in the world, you know, and and leggings and and you know, long skirts, modest skirts, yeah, and um, and so after a while, you know, I I sort of experimented with this, and and you know, I I had sort of crossed a bridge at that point. I sort of crossed a bridge of, of self medicating, of not just dressing up, but but sort of exploring this a little bit more. And so I did research on estrogen and and uh, you know and started pills and patches and and that was when I started to notice changes. That's when I started to notice changes because again this is this is a two part process. One, you lower testosterone, lower sex drive. And then you increase female hormones. You increase estrogen. And that's when you start to see the female characteristics kick in a little bit. Right. And the first thing I noticed was how emotional I got and how easy it was for me to start bawling my eyes out for no apparent reason. And when I tell women this, they're like, oh, okay, so you're serious about this. Welcome <laughs> to the club. Because this is this is definitely what it's like. And it's... um." You know, like the Super Bowl this past year. I could not stop crying. And it wasn't because of the game. It wasn't because the Seahawks threw this interception on the last play of the game. It, it was due to the commercials.
1: Oh, those commercials, though. <laughs>
0: those commercials were killing me. I was just, I literally had tears streaming down my face. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? So damn you, Madison Avenue. Damn you for doing this. Uh, the The next thing that I noticed was, number one, a little bit of fleshiness in my chest. As if, now and Dante doesn't know this because Dante is incredibly thin. But when you start gaining extra weight as a guy, you start to pack it on a little bit. Your chest gets a little bit fleshier, shall we say. And my chest was getting a little bit fleshier, but I was keeping my weight down. So that was odd. That was odd. And then, and I apologize if, if this is too graphic, but my my nipples became very perky. <laughs> so it felt like it was cold outside all the time. And that's actually when I had to start changing how I dressed because, again, I'd wear a t-shirt and a blazer or a t-shirt and a hoodie or something like that. You know, you work in the internet industry, you know, you work in the television industry like that as sort of a creative sort of person, you know, your dress code's a little bit different. And so I found that I had to cover up more. Because I was kind of poking out of my T-shirts right, all the time, all the time. Uh, and, and so, you know, that was, that was really, you know, the stuff that I started to notice in the beginning. And then as you continue being on it longer and longer, you start to get a little bit more chest growth. And again, having stopped for periods of time, you know, you would lose some of that chest growth. And it wasn't too noticeable. But I got to a point around when I accepted who I was. You know, about eight or nine months ago, maybe even 10 months ago now, uh, that I had been on hormones enough that I had to sort of make a decision. Am I continuing or am I not? I was starting to reach a point of no return. And and I know there are surgeries you can go through. I know there's different things. So that's not actually a point of no return, but it absolutely felt that way. Right. And so. And I remember, you know, six months before I was not going to ever go on hormones again. It was the same thing, you know, like I'm never going to cross dress again. I'm never going to do this again. And then I found that I was taking them again. And um, so it was at this point when, you know, I decided I had to see a therapist that, you know, this wasn't something that I could just deal with on my own because I needed to understand what was going on in my head. And so, you know, In my first session, I I have to admit that my therapist uh, read me the riot act a bit that um, that I could not self-medicate, that that was not healthy. Uh, And that and if I was continuing down this path, I needed to see a professional. I needed to see, you know, someone who could could who could help me with this and and get blood tests and make sure that I was healthy and sort of make a determination as to whether I should continue being on this. Um, So I went to there was a there's a clinic uh, in. New York, uh, which is in support of people who are transgender, and, and the woman who I saw was transgender as well. And so we chatted for, you know, about half an hour, and, uh, you know, she did a blood test and a and whole nine yards, and we chatted for a while, and, and the oddest thing happened. As I was explaining to her in a very embarrassed way, because I'd never really talked about it, you know, until the previous couple of weeks... What I had done and how I had handled hormones and how I felt emotionally and how I felt physically. And and she kept nodding her head. And she kept saying, wow, that is so normal. Yeah, I hear that all the time. And it was normal was not a word that I was expecting to ever hear about this path that I'm taking. And that it was encouraging that there are other people who are going through and struggling with the same things that I was struggling with. So we got to the end of this and... And she asks, so, hey, do you want to continue on hormones? You know, I've looked at your dosages and the dosages, you know, I would recommend you not take this and, you know, et cetera, right. et cetera. But she's like, you know, it, I think, uh, you know, it's you certainly have been thinking about this a lot. So, you know, if you want to continue, I'm comfortable with you continuing. And so I, I thought about it and I. I realized that I did. I did, yeah. you know, I was a little depressed because I wasn't going to be able to. I assumed I wasn't going to be able to, so, you know, I got prescriptions for the first time. I think you were with me when I took them to uh, to the giant uh, grocery store that has a pharmacy there, and I had to drop them off, and that yeah. was that was scary because I'm yeah. dropping off, you know, prescriptions saying, and that and at that point I wasn't really presenting at all as transgender, right, and and so. That was weird. And but then getting the prescriptions and having my name on it was was thrilling to me. It was, you know, like, holy cow, you are you're actually doing this, you yeah. know, and I and and I was I was stoked. I was I have to admit that that I was psyched about it. So it's this has now been, you know, whatever, eight, nine, ten months later. Um, I'm I'm approaching a year. Uh, and I will say, and I think I talked about this last week or the week before that, you know, my chest is now definitely an A cup, probably an A plus cup. And, uh, and I'm, I, I like it. Yeah. You know, uh, some friends of mine are a little uncomfortable with that, but, you know, I, I'm looking forward to getting a little bit more, you know, not a lot more. I'm not right. looking for huge, you yeah. know, but, you know, B cup would be, would be awesome. Um, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm certainly a lot more emotional, but, you know, I'm Italian, and I've always, always worn my heart on my sleeve. I've never been able to hide my emotions.
1: Yeah, a lot of you didn't notice the tapping, but that was part of it. Wait, Wait. was I tapping again? No, no, I mean, like, in the episodes before, the tapping, that's, that's also from Italian.
0: Oh, yes, yes, I'm sorry, <laughs> I thought from being emotional, but yes, oh, no, no, yes, no. I use my hands a lot. Yeah. Oh, so I'm thrilled this isn't an audio, uh, that this isn't a video podcast, because I would be creating funky stuff in the air yeah (laughs) with my hands um but the other thing that i noticed and this has been where this is a little bit a little bit more recent is that i'm bothered by brutality more oh uh so like i watch i I love gifs online and and i know for some people they pronounce them gifs right yeah I, i do Okay, so you pronounce it <laughs> GIF. I pronounce it GIF. There's sort of the great debate as to how it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, when I worked for AOL, we bought CompuServe, and so I ran CompuServe Computing for a while. Uh, and so the term GIF and the format was created at CompuServe. And the person who created Steve Wilhite, and wouldn't it be ironic if I'm mispronouncing it, mispronouncing his name, <laughs> uh, he pronounced it GIF. And so I just, as to sort of honor CompuServe, I always pronounce it. Right. Uh, as as gifs, but there are you know if you watch these gifs and if you go on Reddit and you sort of see the top ten gifs from each day, uh, there's a lot of these where people are skateboarding and they fall, or you know an animal gets killed or something like that. And I used to just watch them, you know, and and was amused by them. But I'm, I I genuinely wince more when I when I watch these things, and right. I and and. I never did this before. I never really did this before, so you know, take that for for what it's worth. I've I've also, and I'm sure Dante will disagree with this one, uh, at least to some extent. But you know, when Bruce Jenner came out, he talked about hormones and how it takes the edge off, and I certainly <laughs> have a lot less anger. And I know because Dante drives with me, and I do (laughs) holler at people when I'm driving, but that for me is sort of my anger management. Uh, That's sort of where I let my anger out, and and so I don't let it out in other parts of my life. But I grew up a very intense and angry person, shall we say. And I have a lot less anger in me.
1: Right.
0: You know, and I – it's not gone. It's not – even though my testosterone is close to like zero (laughs) – you would think that that the anger would be gone, but it's 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 not completely gone. But you know, at first I thought, well, maybe it's because I'm comfortable with who I am now and the journey that I'm on. I'm no longer hiding, and I'm no longer ashamed, and I'm not keeping it pen up, and maybe that's why my anger has has cut back. and And I personally think that's part of it. But I, you know, I have to admit that you know testosterone is tends to be what drives anger and wars and 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 things like that. And so certainly having. Less of that um, has, has removed a lot of my anger. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you agree with that statement or not.
1: I'd agree with it, mostly, yeah. Mostly? Yeah. <laughs> mostly.
0: Okay, well, I'm improving. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm hoping that it softens my face more. Some people have said it has, that my face is softer. I mean, again, I don't look female. Um, in in passing, you know, when someone's driving a car by and I'm... I'm you know, sitting on the stoop or whatever. If people aren't looking at me, I do read as female. But if people get closer and look, then, you know, my, my facial features are not feminine. But I think they're a little softer than they used to be. I don't know. At least, right. At least I hope so. I know my hair is certainly healthier uh, and fuller, yeah, I think. But I'm also yeah. wearing it down. So it may just be the case. I'm not keeping up in the ponytail. I've also noticed <laughs> that the hair on my chest, which is I've never had a hairy chest, but the hair on my chest... Um, has almost disappeared. Oh. Which is kinda cool. Yeah. You? you know, wearing a bra. Uh yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't think that look kind of goes together. Uh and and you know, I, I wish it had more impact on the, the my facial hair, uh because as I said before, I have to go through electrolysis. And and believe me, that is a podcast in and of itself. Yeah. Just sure. you know, discussing the joys of, of going through electrolysis. Uh I for a spell, my voice was cracking like I was going through reverse puberty and it stopped. I, I was kind of hoping, you know, yeah. <laughs> that my voice would be softened a little bit. And, and uh, it, you know, cause that's, that's a bridge I'm going to have to cross at some point that if I do start looking more female, what do I do with my voice? Because I, again, I want to be authentic and I want to be honest and I want to be me and I don't want to pretend to be somebody else. And so putting on a false voice feels false,
1: you know? Right. And I,
0: again, other people will couch these in other terms and, Whatever works for you works for you. And I, again, I'm not trying to speak for other people. I'm only trying to speak for myself. Uh, but if my voice were to change in timbre a little bit, I, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, you know, certainly reducing a testosterone has reduced my sex drive. You know, as they say in chess, um, I get my kicks above the waistline sunshine. <laughs> one night in Bangkok. Yeah, no, I love that song. Murray Head, right? No. Okay. Uh, anyway anyway um i should note though i should note that this is not without risks and i think people who start taking and certainly myself people who are taking hormones in the beginning you are oblivious to the risks you see it but oh that's not going to happen to me but you know there certainly is an increased risk of heart disease certainly an increased risk of blood clots and so You know, all I can say is that if you are in the boat that I was in and you decide to start experimenting with it, I understand it's opening Pandora's box. I understand it's opening a box, but it is not healthy to be taking these things on your own. And again, look, I did it. I did it. Right. And it's easy for me to say it was a mistake because I did it. But you do need to be really careful about this. Uh, And you do need to do your own research. You can't simply rely upon a healthcare professional telling you that this is this is what you should be doing. Uh, And you need to understand what the risks are and you need to take it slow. You need to take it slow and 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 not try to take as much as humanly possible. So that's that is really important. Um, But I guess let me wrap this segment uh, that even though I've been on hormones. That even though I've been going through this process and going through, obviously, some psychological changes and going through some physical changes, that what's really important to me is that I'm still me. Yeah. You know, I'm still Dig, And as Melissa says, I'm female Dig. Yeah. But I still need to be me. I'm not trying to jump a bridge and become somebody new. I'm simply trying to sort of uncover who I've wanted to be and take that journey step by step. You know, as I like to say, I'm on a road. I don't know how long I'm on the road on. I don't know what exit I'm taking. And certainly I'm passing exits that I never ever thought that I would be passing. But for me, this is one step at a time and you can't rush it. And, um, you know, and I hope that as we continue doing this podcast a year from now, that this will continue to be my philosophy. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's important that I'm still who I am and that I don't get deluded by a pretense of becoming somebody else and that when I become that somebody else and suddenly my life is going to be fantastic. I have right. to enjoy my life today. I have to enjoy you today. I have to enjoy my br- your brother, my other son today. I have to enjoy my life and you have to enjoy the journey and, and not worry about the destination. Yeah. So let me get down I guess off my soapbox <laughs> off my high horse, off the soapbox <laughs> and uh, and and get to the rap. Uh, yeah. so again, let's thank melodyloops.com. Uh, uh, they have been <laughs> terrific with uh, with the music that they've been able to to provide for us. Again, I say this every week, but I mean this. thank you so much for the listeners uh, who are listening to this podcast. please please drop us notes. you know yes. I, and I know I joke about this, but diG at typingmonkeys.com. You can go through the website, adventuresandtransgendering.com. You can go to our Facebook page. Just search those. So there's that, adventuresandtransgendering.com will pop up. We love to hear feedback. We love to hear from people. Any questions you have, anything, really, it's uh, it's a joy to get feedback from people. And we have been uh, from day yeah. one. Yeah. From no, from from day one, certainly. Uh, and if you have questions, please feel free to to send us questions yeah
1: um, so with that, I think uh we can wrap it up with uh the song Viber's Pad by Dave Brenner. So awesome.